Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guest is Brooke Brewer uh, out of Michigan. And Brooke, uh, I came across her because of her podcast, which is called Informed Consent Podcast. And it's about society and culture. And um, I heard a great podcast from her. And um, then I kind of deep dived a little bit onto her social media. And I realized that she has uh, some fitness things going on as well. So I wanted to uh, bring her on to discuss all of that. The Informed Consent Podcast, Brooke, was really good. Um, just what you were talking about, um, you, were, you were just nailing down details about what's going on in our society today with this craziness, this new normal BS that we got to deal with, with the mandates, the vaccines. Um, I, I actually discovered your podcast just as the whole thing in Canada with the trucker convoy was really at its apex. Like it was getting crazy. And, uh, there was something refreshing about that podcast I heard and it made me feel good. And I, I really want to just meet you too. So welcome to the show. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. And I really appreciate you reaching out and connecting. It's so crazy how you can get connected with people, but I'm glad we got connected and it's such an honor to be on your podcast. Yep. Thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, um, you hit some things on the, on the head that made me feel better because of the times that we're in are, 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 are brutal, man. Right? Mm -hmm. They're brutal, oh, yeah. and and sometimes I feel okay, and sometimes I don't. Do you experience that same up and down roller coaster all the time? All the time, you know. I I think I think a lot of us can say that our mental health has gone up and down so much, just with everything. Because when you know the truth, it, it's definitely a pretty heavy heavy thing to have on yourself. When you've really seen the truth, when you what you see, what's going on. What you, you know, when you really know that there's a lot of ulterior motives to a lot of the things that are happening, um, it's interesting. And I think that it, it's so interesting. I always say to my friends, once you know something, you, you can't turn away. I know for me, there's been so many things in my life that have woken me up to many different topics and many different conversations. And I, there's no way that I can ever look back. And there's a lot of times where it's just so heavy, like knowing the things that I've known and the research that I've done and still walking around and people are still just so brainwashed to think that what's going on is okay. You know, you made a, a comment at the very beginning of this recording that the new normal, I think that's absolute BS. There, there should not be a new normal. We should not accept this new normal. And we need more people like yourself, like myself, having a platform where we can talk about what's going on and, and, wake people up to realizing that this is not a normal and we should not be okay with this. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that scares me is the censorship and, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, I run a very small podcast. I have a very small audience, but I think about the people I follow, like the real experts, the people that really do deserve a platform. And those are the first ones that they're going to headhunt and, and they're going to chop them down. If this should continue, if this should get worse, these uh, these big names, they're going to they're going to chop them up and, and they're going to try to silence them. And sometimes I maybe this is fanciful thinking on my part, but I feel like a smaller podcast 
we're like the piranhas. You know, those are the mm-hmm. sharks, but we're the piranhas. If they kill all the sharks, we're at least out there multitude of people so i think it's important that everybody voices their opinion in any way shape or form that they feel comfortable with am i right absolutely and that's that's why i started my podcast i have a pretty big following on instagram and i started noticing my numbers dramatically decreasing i mean i used to get really? i have over 11,000 followers on instagram i used to have 5 6,000 views on my stories on a daily basis and like right now in a 24 hour period, my stories were at 124 views when it used to be five, 6,000. You can't tell me that that's not shadow banning. And that's why I started my podcast because I, I don't stay quiet. If you know me personally, you know that this mouth does not stay shut. Like I will talk. I, and it comes from a place of being informed and with my Instagram, I, you know, I, I started sharing actually six or seven years ago. My platform was pretty much a vaccine conversation um, podcast where I talked just about not, not you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do this. It was just informing people on ingredients, on the schedule, on the whys and, and, and reactions, what to look for. And I never had issues. And then all of a sudden when this pandemic hit my page, I got all these notifications you need to take down, all these stories. And so I said, I'm not going to not use my voice. So I'm going to launch a podcast. And it was at such a crazy time in my life. Like I'm engaged, we're getting married, we're building a house. I Did I have time to launch a podcast? Nope. Absolutely not. Does anyone have time to launch a podcast? No, but we do it because people need to hear the truth. And I just my heart was so guided to just keep using a platform and find a new platform and then find a new platform to talk because you're never going to silence me. And if you guys are listening, big guys up there who are silencing me, it's never going to work. So just give up. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And, and the other good thing about doing a podcast is you become a better speaker. And if the day comes where, I don't know, they ban podcasts. Well, Brooke, you're invited to come speak at the next whatever at over here at this uh, city or whatever, and you're going to feel comfortable enough to get up in front of an audience who's dying to hear some inspirational words. And so, you know, you're cutting your teeth doing this mm-hmm. podcast. Now, uh, I just had an idea. I want to read your what you wrote about your podcast, because sometimes we write stuff about ourselves and we don't think much of it. But yeah. I like what you wrote here, and I want the audience to know what you wrote here. Uh, This is your description of your podcast. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, It's our responsibility to be educated on anything in life that requires a decision. So that's really what your podcast is about. It's not just about vaccines. This informed consent thing is about life. It really Mm -hmm. is. So let's go a little deeper. This podcast is centered around that very idea, being informed. Medical care requires informed consent. Laws require informed consent, politics, entrepreneurship. How you engage with your diet, health, exercise, even relationships. Many topics require one to be informed before making a decision to act. And this podcast is going to cover many subjects, but all these conversations will come from a place of being informed. So I really, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I, I, I'm glad you described your podcast that way. Otherwise, people might just get stuck on the name and say, 
Well, all right. How, what are we going to talk about? Uh, vaccines every time. Right. All right. So it's about a lot of different stuff. So the diet and the health and the fitness, this is something that's been coming up since this whole pandemic started mm -hmm. because we see the ludicrous hypocrisy, right? About staying inside out of the sun, uh, eat some mozzarella sticks and get a vaccine. And that's supposed to be a picture of health. Uh, what do you think about that nonsense? I just, I have so many thoughts on that. It, it's, it's so mind blowing to me that we're two years since the beginning of the 15 days to slow, slow the spread. And we have not seen a medical professional that has a voice, right? Because we have medical professionals that have the same um, criteria that have the same standards as a lot of other big doctors out there, but they're silenced, right? The frontline doctors, I mean, I could go on and on, but the actual people that are allowed to have a voice, your doctors like Dr. Fauci, you don't see them out there talking about taking care of yourself, getting outside your supplements, your vitamin D. Like if you don't, like I live in Michigan, I don't get vitamin D in the winter. So we have to put like take vitamin D exercise. We're telling people to stay inside and not leave. Okay. Why can't we talk about let's, you know, walk up and down your stairs for 20 minutes, like exercise. There's something so powerful about movement. We don't see anyone talking about this. And we wonder why we are still so sick. And we wonder why the United States is one of the sickest industrialized countries in the world. You ask yourself the question, why? You know, it's so interesting too. I, I lived in Colorado for quite some time and even just the difference of people where I live in Michigan versus Colorado, you can just tell how much more healthy people are in Colorado because they are very active. They're, you're always seeing people out biking, out running, and you don't really see people sick too often. But here where I live in Michigan, it's like every 20 minutes, everyone's sniffling or coughing. And yet we don't have anyone talking about water intake, fitness, and actually exercising the foods that we eat. And it, it's mind boggling to me that we can still sit here and push the masks and the vaccines and the social distancing and, and the hand sanitizer that's loaded with toxins. And yet once we start to talk about anything, like, I mean, I posted a thing on vitamin D on my stories and I had the little COVID CDC little warning on there. I didn't even mention the pandemic. I didn't even mention anything. I just said, hey friends, like get your vitamin D. If you are in Michigan where you haven't seen the sun in what feels like three months, you need to supplement that. And it's why? And I ask myself that all the time, like why can't more people be talking about this? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with money. There's no money involved with forcing people to go exercise. There's no money involved with people, you know, drinking their water, but there is money in forcing people to go to, or telling people to go to get fast food. Why was fast food left open during the pandemic, but yet all these other restaurants were closed down? I think the fast food joints should have been the first things that closed down. Not only <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I know you can. I can too. I mean, we can just keep this podcast going for the next three years and we'll have fresh stuff to talk about every mm -hmm. minute. Uh, the fast food stuff. Remember when they were um, trying to bribe people to get the vaccine, get yeah. free donuts, get free um, weed, get free fast food. There was never a get like a free bag of fresh vegetables from nope. the organic aisle or get a whole bunch of uh, delicious fruit 
or some lean beef and, and, and a recipe book so you can learn how to cook for yourself. And, you know, nothing. It was all like just low-grade crap. And over in Europe, they were even giving away a free night at a sex brothel if you get the vaccine. So it's just all all the debauchery or whatever the word is, I don't, <laughs> yeah. uh, the sin, everything that people want and crave. And then, oh, we'll just get the vaccine and you'll get it. it, it it's it, it's insane. Um, as far as, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about being a personal trainer and everything. Yeah. Uh, you help people with growth or personal growth, not only mm -hmm. physical, but mental, right? They go hand yeah. in hand. Oh, um, absolutely. Wh why is personal growth actually so important? I mean, I know that's kind of like a silly question in a way, but I think this misses a lot of people. Why is it so important? It misses so many people because I think the standard person thinks growth is something that you see, right? So we're born, we're newborn babies, we're seven pounds, and we think growth is as you grow as into an adult, that is growth. And we stop growing what, what is it like 18 to 23 years old is kind of that time where you stop growing. Maybe you're growing in, the, in your waistline, but you're not growing in height wise or anything like that. And that's so false because especially in times like this, like we need growth always. We need to want to do better. Like I always say, if you aren't growing, you're shrinking in life. You need to be constantly striving for better. There's always room for improvement. There's always room for growth. And there's just so, there's so many reasons why we need to grow. But I think at the end of the day, it's because we, you learn and you, you learn as you um, get older, right? You, you mm -hmm. learn different things. You, you experience different life decisions and every experience is going to help you grow. You know, even looking at what happened with the pandemic, like that forced so many people to grow because they had to pivot. They had to learn how to do life differently. Yeah. They had mm -hmm. to learn how to work from home or learn how to homeschool their kids or learn how to work out from their basement because gyms were closed. And in that situation, you had to grow. You were forced to grow. You were forced to try to do different. And, you know, as much as you, you brought back up, you know, even the mental of what's going on and, and how that's affecting you, the up and down. And I sit there and think that during the, during the real peak of the pandemic, it was a really hard time for me because I was surrounded by a lot of people who had very opposing views of me. Um, you know, who, whether it was politically, whether it was health wise. And I, and I lost a lot of friends. I got a lot of really mean messages. Um, some family members didn't want to be around me because there were certain things that I wouldn't do. And that was really, really, really hard. But you know what? I am so much stronger now than I was then because I had to really step into myself and into my purpose. Like, why was I going against the grain? Why was I doing these things? Why was I not staying silent? Because I can't, because there are people out there and I've always said on my show and on my Instagram, even if what I have to say affects one person and helps one person maybe research a little bit more or ask more questions, I'm happy. I'm happy with that because I know where I'm at in my life. I never want to look back and say, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have maybe worked out a little bit more. We, we never want to look back with regrets. And at the end of the day, life's always going to throw us our curveballs. And we could always say we could have regrets, right? But I think that it's so important to always want to do better because that's how we become better. And if you surround yourself with the people that are constantly wanting to do better, 
I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be the weak man in the group. (laughs) Maybe not necessarily the best, like strongest one, but I never want to be the, it pushes me to be better. And I, I just, I could go on and on with the topic of growth, but I think that at the end of the day, if you aren't growing, you're shrinking, you're, you're shrinking. And that's in, in personal life. That's not in height or anything wise. There's just this idea that growth stops when you stop growing actually in height wise. And that's so false. Right. Yeah. The, the, you hit something very cool there. Um, if we could pause on it, talking about, you don't want to be the, the, the weakest person in the group. So everybody, just picture any group, like I'm on the fire department. So we have all these mixed bags of strengths and weaknesses. And what you see happen naturally in that type of group is people will discover what their strength is Mm -hmm. on their own by comparing themselves to the rest of the group. They'll say, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to be the weak one, but that guy's much stronger than me. She's much smarter than me. He's this, he's, but you know what? I got this and this is what I'm going to bring to the table. And then when the group sees what you got, they're like, all right, that's your, you're the guy who's in charge of that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It feeds something into you as long as you push yourself. So my next question is, um, why are people so hesitant to actually push themselves? They all seem to know that they need to push themselves to get back into shape, to eat better. But then something seems to stop them. Like, they just can't do it. Is it like they're waiting for somebody else to come and do it for them? Are they looking for a savior or something? I think it really comes down to one word, and that word is comfort, right? Like, I think that we live in a world and especially a society that has, that has almost enabled people that has almost enabled people to work harder. I sit and look and think about years and decades ago of our ancestors and our grandparents who worked their booties off to do things who Mm. were constantly. And I think that you just look back and go, what happened? Like what happened to the work ethic? What happened to the, just everything. And I think that there's a lot that's happened with that. I mean, we have so many distractions. We have Netflix, we have social media, we have cell phones, you know, we have crappy foods. And I think that a lot of that just comes down to comfort because we, and laziness realistically, right? And, and, and I say that with, with love because there's times where I don't want to do things either, but you sit there and, you know, something that I always tell people, especially when I mentor people and they, they tell me they don't have time for things or that they just don't want to, I'm going to ask them what the screen time is on their phone, because more than likely they're scrolling TikTok for two hours. And then they're going to come to me and they're going to tell me they don't have time to do a 20 minute workout. That's so not true. You can wake up, even if it's five minutes earlier in the morning, and, and do a little five minute core workout. It's better than nothing. And people are just comfortable. They, they like their sleep. Well, it, it all intertwines with so much. Like why don't people wanna wake up early anymore? Cause they're not sleeping good. Well, why aren't they sleeping good? Because they're not eating good foods. They're not drinking good water. They're not you know supplementing themselves with good vitamins to allow them to actually get their resting time. And a lot of the time people aren't going to bed at good hours. And it all 
it all has so much to do with just the fact of how we've changed as a society, um, but also the, the comfort, but the enabling. And I think that even can, we can, we can talk about that. I mean, for hours and, and enabling, but you know, we have a government that wants to enable us, that wants to just get, give free handouts. I mean, even take what happened during the pandemic and, and unemployment and all these checks and these, you know, these stimulus checks, like, oh, wow, it's super nice. I don't have to go to work and make money because I can sit on my butt and watch Netflix and, and make a living and, and make good money. And then people get comfortable and it's uncomfortable to grow. I 100% I will say that it is uncomfortable to grow that that sore feeling after a workout or trying to do research on good foods and taking the extra minute to look at ingredients at the grocery store and ensure that you're getting good quality foods. It, it's uncomfortable because it's time consuming. And we live in a world that people claim they don't have time. It's not that people don't have time anymore. It's because there's so many more distractions and those distractions are really hurting our society. Yeah, that's so true. And you just reminded me of something. I was at working out at the gym yesterday and I've been on my phone an inordinate amount of time, you know, the past two years, uh, just like you, you know, I want to voice my opinion, but I want to make sure I'm up to date with information so mm -hmm. I don't look like a clown. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm constantly looking at my phone, Telegram and, and Rumble and watching videos. And so I'm in the middle of a workout and it's going great. I'm, I'm doing fine. My phone is just sitting on the floor next to my water bottle. And uh, I just got done with a hard set. I was kind of winded. So I was like, all right, let me go get a drink of water. Took a swig, picked up my phone, opened it up and went right to something about some uh, Pfizer documents, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm reading it and I noticed my body literally changed right there i went from a pumped jacked focused dude and then i felt like sick almost like and i got weak and i said holy shit i put my phone down went back to do another set and then from there on out the rest of the workout was a was a struggle um and then i said you know i'm thinking about it i'm thinking was it you know something that changed in me from re from reading what i just read and of course that's exactly mm -hmm. what it was and so you know, that's, that's a big problem. And now that I'm that aware of it, I mean, I'm definitely going to be changing things. Um, but how do people handle staying informed and, and positive at the same time? Because this, this is volumes of heavy stuff that we're dealing with. What, what's the best way to go about handling that? You know, there's, there's so many different things that, I, I've tried to focus on because I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm always Miss Positive Pants because I'm not. Right. You know, there's especially with what's going on right now, it's heavy. It's heavy to think about where we could be going. But, um, you know, I don't know where you're at with your um, religion and your views. I know for me, I'm a, a big, I'm very faithful to the Lord. And that is one thing that I hold on to for everything is that He knows what's the future, He knows our life, He knows the journey. And so I'm trusting in Him. And I think also knowing that I constantly say, why, like, why am I in this? Why am I living during this right now? And it's just, he put us on this earth at this very moment for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that reason, especially for people that are awake and know it's to, to help wake other people up. 
Um, if you aren't a faithful person and if, if you don't believe in the Lord, um, another thing that I, I just think is, is important to constantly remember when things do get heavy is that at least you know the truth so you can do better for yourself and your family right? You know, is it easy to go against the grain? No, people are losing their jobs. People are losing so much. You know, I know people who weren't allowed to go to Christmas dinners and who aren't allowed to spend time with certain families because they didn't get the vaccine and their family doesn't want to be around people who didn't. And it's hard and it's heavy and it's really, really, really hurtful. But at the end of the day, remember that you did something for yourself and for your family that really is going to change. It's, it's going to help make a positive impact on your life, on your health, on your family's health. And I just pray that one day that more and more people's eyes are going to be awake. But until then, you know, sometimes you just have to take that heavy burden. And it's, it's horrible to say, but you do. Sometimes you just have to know that, okay, you know what, I'm going to take this little heavy burden of what I know because what I know is going to eventually come out. It's people are going to eventually see it. And I, I truly do believe we are living through the biggest great awakening ever. And the reason why I say that is because I have seen more people in the last two years question vaccinations than they have ever. And I sit there and say seven years ago, um, and without going on a tangent on that, I was vaccine injured. Um, my brother had leukemia when he was um, from three to eight. And so I couldn't get a lot of vaccines because of the risk of shedding. Um, any vaccine that had a live virus, I was not able to do because of the risk of it shedding onto my brother and his counts were so low. If, if it shedded, he was getting it. And so... I never got vaccines growing up. I, I got newborns, but basically once he was sick, there was no more for me. And then I had to, I was actually a professional snowboarder and I was competing and to go and travel and do these competitions, I needed to get these vaccines. And so I played catch up and within days I developed a huge facial tick. My eye was constantly twitching. My mouth was opening nonstop. And you could have probably imagined as a 16 year old girl, like that was mortifying and walking around, not even able to keep my mouth closed because it was constantly opening and I couldn't, I could not fix it because of the, the constant toxic materials that were being put into my brain um, from these vaccines. And so I, I really started to, I woke up kind of around then to ingredients and vaccines and knowing certain vaccines that maybe I shouldn't have gotten, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, I was talking about this um, with pe people when I was 20 some years old. And I remember the conversation I had with my parents when I had told them all this research that I did. And I was 20 years old and both my parents looked me in the eye and told me that you aren't ready to be a parent yet. It's evident because you're questioning these things. And now, now the conversation with my parents is completely different. Now my dad's like, I'm all for you having your babies at home and a, in a pool as a home birth. I'm okay if you don't want to vaccinate your kids. I'm okay if you want to homeschool your kids because he's seen it. And so just even thinking of that simple concept, like look at how many people's eyes were woken up to vaccines in a whole just because of this recent one. And so yes, these times are hard and they're, they can be a burden, they can be heavy, but I also look at it like more people have woke up to the lies of our government that have woken up to freedoms. I mean, more and more people are realizing we aren't really a free country. 
we sit there and say, oh, we live in a free country. We're, we're not, because if we live in a free country, people wouldn't have to question their vaccine status to go to work. We wouldn't have to have censorship. I mean, First Amendment, hello, like we don't have free speech anymore um, at all. And if you think we do, go to Instagram, go back and check out my story views. They're 125 right now when I have 11 and a half thousand followers. Tell me that's not censorship. Right. Um, so it just, it's hard, but it's also, we just have to remember that um, the, the few of us that are awake, we're, we're more than just a few. There's a lot more out there oh, yeah. and we just have to keep on keeping on. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, I, I've heard a lot of good stuff, you know, in conversations like this and from other people, phone calls. I, I, I think it's so switched on it's and it's just about to really get even bigger too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with me um, and vaccines and being religious, um, I, you know, I've always um, just was more of a secular, like spiritual, like you do whatever you do, man, you know, don't worry about what religion is as long as you all just do good. And that was always mm -hmm. my thing. But when my daughter was born, me and my wife had to decide about vaccines and we were like researching it. And I was like, I don't like it, man. I got a gut feeling that those things are bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course you go around and you tell people that they're like, oh, that's debunked. Ah, you don't know what you're talking about. But I had a gut feeling. And I mm -hmm. always said, no, man, listen to your heart, you know? So we decided to take a religious exemption, but I, I kind of felt like a dick because mm -hmm. I was like, well, do I go to church? What kind of, what, how, how am I going to do that? And so I actually started to pay more attention to, um, well, I grew up as a Catholic. So, I mean, I just started paying attention to it or thinking about it, considering it. I still wasn't fully immersed into any type of religion again until recently. It, it mm -hmm. started to happen right after COVID-19 hit because I started to find that I was connecting with people like you. Uh, mm -hmm. I would see people on social media talking a certain way. That was the way I felt. And then I would look deeper and see that they had religious aspirations, that they believed in Jesus and things like that. So I said, okay, um, I need I need guidance here. So I, I, I stepped into it more. So um, it's an interesting journey. And, and now this is a, uh, uh, here's a question for you. So you have that secular kind of spiritual kind of, Hey, you know, we're not putting any pressure on anybody, religion, whatever. Is there a difference between that kind of spirituality and then the spirituality that actually recognizes God and Jesus? I, I think there is. And I think it's just a matter of where you are on your journey. Um, I, it's, it's interesting. You, you kind of even say that your faith has evolved because mine has too. I was born and raised very Catholic and I will be completely honest with you. I, I didn't really know what I was learning. I just knew there was a God and I knew God sent us, um, Jesus to save us and that he freed us from all of our sins. That's pretty much the extent of what I knew. It was just one of those. I would go to church. I'd stand up, sit down. I'd sing, sing, sing. I didn't really know what I was saying. Um, and then I actually, when I was in my snowboard career, I moved out to Colorado. And then I also lived in California. And you can imagine when I lived in California, a lot of things changed. I started not really believing in the Lord because there was so much that happened. I had 
probably what would have been my 15th concussion. So I had to retire from competing. I gave up on my dreams. I went through a deep, deep, deep depression. I was self-harming. I tried to take my life, all these different things, right? And I started to not believe in God. I started to think that God wasn't real. I actually started diving into like Buddhism and all these different religions. And um, I, I really just questioned. And then I moved actually back to Michigan um, just about three years ago just around the time of the pandemic. And I started just randomly, I was like, I just, I need to go back to church. I just, I feel like God is talking to me right now. And I don't know if there's a God, but I think God's talking to me. And ever since I just, one of my girlfriends, um, it was actually in a time when my fiance was going into law enforcement and it was a really, really hard time because it was everything with the George Floyd and the riots and the time that no one wanted liked police officers was the time that my fiance decided he was going to go be a cop. Yeah. And so I struggled. I really struggled. We, our relationship almost ended because I just couldn't, I was, I was panic attacks and depression and One of my friends, uh, another um, law enforcement wife um, of mine, she took me to her Christian church, not Catholic church. And I'm not here to say Catholic and Christian, anything's different than that, but I'm just explaining my journey. Um, But I went to church with her and that there was just something about it that I connected with. And I started diving into it. And in 2021, my word of the year was faith. And so I was reading the Bible. I did went to Bible study and I, and it really was seeing other patriots and other people just like you said who have this really strong tie to the lord and i just knew and it's that's what's really helped me um stay sane it's just my faith with him but going back to your question of the idea of spirituality and the lord you know i i do believe that um we need to be sharing god and jesus with other people i really do on the other hand of mine something just in my heart and soul that i always try to remember is that everyone has their different lives and everyone's going to make their own decisions and i just hope that all those decisions come from a place of being informed just like the name of my podcast yeah. whether that be their religion whether that be their decision to vaccinate, whether that be their career, whether that be the job they take, right? Like everyone should have the right to choose their own path. And so, yes, as much as I I don't shy away from talking about the Lord, I I always talk about the Lord in conversations. Do I want to push it on people? No, I, I don't. Because at the end of the day, I hope people can make that decision. But my hopes is, is these conversations make people do their research, make people ask questions. And again, the more I believe, the more that people ask questions and do research, the more people are going to pull closer to God because there's no question that he's, he exists. But I, wanna, I want people to feel empowered to find that out for themselves because I had to find that out for myself. And it was the most empowering thing I ever could have done. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a really good feeling. Um, like with my journey, it, it's, I still feel like I'm new, you know, um, mm-hmm. so I, 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 I am overwhelmed and uh, at the same time, fine with it. It's like, yeah. I just needed to, to keep reinforcing and, and learning things. And um, I, I heard from somebody, um, a fireman that I was speaking with uh, from LA, and he said that he was on the phone with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., mm-hmm. right? Uh, I got his, got his book right here about, oh. about you. You got it too? <laughs> 
You guys show it. <laughs> hey, it looks just like mine. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> what what a crazy book. This is hard uh, to read. Very hard is. to read. I don't want to discourage anybody, but it's he backs everything up with so much. He you know, Robert F. Kennedy is is such he is one of my most favorite people and truth speakers because he comes yeah. from such a very unique background. Um, and I think that I got, I totally fangirled on him when the whole um, bank Bill Gates thing kind of came out. He was asking everyone to post a picture, say no to Bill Gates. And I was one of the first people who did that. And he commented on my thing and, and it followed me on Instagram and was oh. engaging in all my stuff and sharing all my stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, like he knows me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got banned off of Instagram. And I was like, darn, but right. Ever since then, I really just followed all the things that he does. I mean, his book on thimerosal is just absolutely mind blowing. And I, I will tell you, he is, it's hard to read because he puts out so much facts and evidence, yeah. but that's the things that we need to read, right? You sit right. there and watch CNN and you look and go, where in the world did this come from? Where did you get this research? Right. Yeah. But yeah, they're going to say they speak truth. And Robert Kennedy is absolute a conspiracy theorist yet he's got pages and pages and pages and pages of yes. all of his sources and citations it's he, like how can you complain or how can you question that he knows that they're going to come at him so that's why he makes his his stuff bulletproof he yeah. that's why he has all the citations and the references and what he told this fireman he was speaking with he said that because he's a democrat right yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's a Democrat. He said uh, to this guy, he goes, do you know who's going to save America? He said, it's going to be the red states. It's going to mm -hmm. be the moms and the dads, and it's going to be the Christians. Yeah. Now, I'm sure maybe he also is just kind of saying religious people, even even like the Jewish people and stuff. I don't think he's just saying Christians well, but people who have faith, people right. who, who believe in God. Um, and when I had heard this was just the other day, I was on the phone with him. When I heard that, I was like, wow, that is that's a huge chunk of information for me that makes me feel better. And I'm happy to share it with the world that he's actually optimistic. And he's he's a lawyer and he's actually mm -hmm. gonna be representing LA firefighters. And out here in New Jersey, you know, uh, my department, you know, our little group of non-vaccinated, dirty people, um, <laughs> we reached out to a lawyer who, turns out, he got picked up by Robert F. Kennedy's team. So he's kind of like connected with it. them. Yeah. yeah. So so it, it's like a beautiful network of good people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just uh, how we've all met each other. Like this conversation right here, we know we're mm -hmm. on the same page. We may never actually physically cross paths, but your your goal is the same as my goal, as Robert F. Kennedy's goal, right? Yeah. And this Absolutely. is a, such an amazing thing to to witness. And and I think you're right. I think the it, it's a great awakening of epic proportions. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, and you bring up a really good point that I just, I want to go back to because I, something that I've always, just the way I am and, and what I've seen is whenever I see, whether it be big politicians or big pharma or big government do things, I always try to think like there's a reason for it, right? And going back to the, the idea of faith, think about what 
bringing faith away from the household will do to everything, right? We are trying, you know, you can't say God, you can't do the Pledge of Allegiance in school anymore because it talks about God. We can't talk about faith anymore. And, and, and look at what so much of this push to not have God in the center of our lives has done. We have people questioning their genders in second grade because why? Well, if we really looked into the Bible, we would know there's two genders, but we can't talk about that anymore because we can't have faith. And now our focus in the military is pronouns, which is creating all of this weak society. We, we are weak because they are trying to pull God away from everything and faith away from anything. And again, ask yourself why? And my thoughts is because they don't want your faith in anything but them. They want you to blindly trust and get on your hands and knees and bow down to what they have to say. And if you have faith in the Lord, a lot of the things that they're pushing is not, not in the Bible, is not what God said, is not what he believes in. I mean, there are just so many things. And I think that you just, you have to ask the question of why, why are they trying to pull God away from so much? Look at all these broken homes. Now look at all these homes that are just so quick to file divorce and to abuse one another. And, and these kids and these single moms, a lot of this has to do with not having God center of the world and the relationships and in the household and, I think there's an ulterior motive behind that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, because if we're talking about communism coming in, which, mm -hmm. you know, it, it just looks that way to me. I don't know. Uh, but if we're talking about that, it's an ideology. It's its own religion on itself. And it can't compete against God. It needs God out of the way so it can Correct. do its thing, right? Uh, the... Um, uh, I had a question I was going to ask you. I forgot what I was going to say. No worries. If you think um, of it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I got sidetracked with what I was saying there. But um, the the thing about, um, you know, the world we live in and how we, how we see it, how we mm -hmm. see it, everybody sees it a different way. Absolutely. But how do – how does a whole nation – come to find that one focal point that we could all kind of say hey this is this is this is the one thing i know that's a tough question to answer maybe it's more than one thing yeah but i'm that... I'm, tr I'm asking the question because everything always seems overwhelming and complicated and it, the best way to make something overwhelming and complicated work is by making it simple so I'm just trying to make it simple. How does a nation with all these di all this diversity, which you pointed out just now, was um, seems to be created to disenfranchise, to separate us, so that we can't focus? So is there that one thing? Uh, is it God? Is it is um, or is that a bad starting point? No, you know what? I think that this is a pretty big question. But what keeps coming to my mind of of what I would say is coming together as a nation, we need to remember the founding principles that we were founded on to start this nation. Yeah. And yes, God was a part of that, right? Like yes. the, <laughs> our constitution, like God was in that, but we, maybe we don't focus directly there. We just focus on the principles that we were founded on. That's how we come together as a nation. We remember the freedoms that we were supposed to have. 
listen, I don't care what anybody does. If you choose to get the vaccine, every vaccine, wear your masks, do your thing, honestly, wonderful. Guess what? We live in America. You should have the freedom to do that. Just like I should have the freedom to not vaccinate myself, to not have to wear a mask, to not have to be afraid of walking out of my house because I was told I had to quarantine. Mm -hmm. That's freedom. And what people need to remember is those principles. And this idea of amending our constitution and, and changing things because of how our, our times have changed, that is absolute BS. I'm sorry, but it's BS. Our founding fathers were brilliant. They wrote the constitution for I mean, even just thinking of like the Second Amendment, they wrote that Second Amendment not for people to go around shooting one another. They wrote that Second Amendment for government overreach right. to protect the people from the government. They weren't dumb. The founding fathers knew what could happen. And you wonder, and again, you just keep asking why. Why are these big people of power, aka your politicians, your people in big pharma and CDC, Mr. Bill Gates, our philanthropist best friend, why are all these people trying to say that we need to change things? Because they know why the founding fathers did that. So if we can remove our second amendment, right? We're basically handing our nation away to these people. So you, I think the simple answer to how we come together as a nation is we remember what our nation was founded on. That's brilliant. That, that is, that's it. You're right. You're so right. What we have is a unique thing that they came up with in answer to when back in 1776, when they looked back into history, mm -hmm. what they saw was humans enslaving other humans over and over again. And they were like, okay, we got to do something to make that stop. And we're going to do that right here. And that's how they came up with what they came up with. Now I know there's going to be people that are going to say right now, um, and this is a good debate. I'm not saying anybody's wrong, but well, there were still slaves. Yes, there was still slaves, but these are also practical men. They knew they wouldn't be able to activate this type of new experimental government system by obliterating people's livelihoods because they were making money off of slaves. Yes, fact. They're, oh, we're just going to annihilate that and put people in the poorhouse. They're never going to jump on board. They had to get people on board first. And then because of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and all that um eventually through time using the constitution uh black people were able to break away from slavery and it was a terrible hard journey and if you look back it could have been done much better mm -hmm. but it's still the constitution actually facilitated it right Right. So, I mean, that's that's what we got to look at. And I just remembered the question I wanted to ask, ask you. Perfect. So you were um, you were talking about how our nation seems like it's been weakened. Right. The people have been weakened. The people. So mm -hmm. I was just doing a podcast yesterday where they asked me um, about where are all the real men, you know, and, and I was like, well, you know, and I started to answer it. And then I, and then I, I, I felt like I was coming off as a, a typical alpha male over the top. You know, I got my skull in the background. I got my camouflage hat on and I'm like, listen, wait a minute before disclaimer. I, I mean, you know, I, I like to read poetry and, and sometimes I cry. <laughs> so I'm not that guy, but 
um, it was hard for me to answer because I do see men stepping up and being men. And, you know, I like to think I'm one of them. Um, but are we really dealing with something like, like that? Like all the real men have disappeared? Um, my honest answer is yes. I, I, I do think so. Coming even just as a young woman, even in the dating scene, before I, you know, got reconnected with my fiance, there is some very, very weak men. And I mean, I just even look at the role model that I was raised with. My dad is one of the most hardworking men I've ever known in my life. He owns his own company. He works his butt off. I've, I've never seen someone work the way he works. And his very strong alpha maleness is a reason why I am the way I am. If, if you want to talk about an alpha male, I would probably say I'm a very hardcore alpha female. Um, but I also still do believe that there's roles in the household. And I, I still, because of what the Bible talks about, you know, that I mean, again, this is a whole different rabbit hole we could go down. But going back to your question, I, I do think that men have become very weak. And the reason why I say that and the reason why I think that is happening is because of our society in a whole. I think that, again, it's this whole enabling factor. It's the whole enabling of of, of men not feeling like they have to work um, or men feeling like they you know, can just kind of sit around. I mean, look at how much things have happened. We got video games. Um, there's just so much that has, has come into play. And I think that it, it's very discouraging to see, not saying that there still isn't strong men out there. There really truly is. But I also think that our, our society is dumbing down everyone in general, but I do especially think the men, that the work ethic of, of men nowadays compared to men decades ago who were working their butts off, who were getting on their hands and knees. I mean, now guys are afraid to get their hands dirty just a little bit. And it's just like that. And, I, and even going on your, your comment about crying, I, I'm a big mental health advocate. I, I truly believe even the strongest man in the world is allowed to cry. I think that is absolute BS. But I do also think that we were in this society of pushing men can't cry, men need to do this, that it's weakened men in a sense, because then men feel if they cry that they're a weak man. So we might as well just sulk in it and become a weak man. Yeah. Right. And so I think it's this evolution of being, being weak of, because of the enabling and even what we're looking at as role models, right? Like we used to have these pretty incredible role models. I mean, look at Ronald Reagan, look at John F. Kennedy, look at Abraham Lincoln, like look at these incredible role models we have. I mean, now we have LeBron James who cries every time someone pushes his him over. We have Joe Biden who can't even make a sentence. You know, we have, I mean, our, we just, we don't have those same role models. We also are raised in homes that tend to be broken. Um, Oh, gosh, I can't remember the act um, that was passed that really affected um, women and men and, and single women. I mean, it basically, it, it handed over money to single women and almost said, hey, listen, if you stay single, if you stay away from the man in the household, we'll give you more money. And because of that, there's a lot of broken homes. There's a lot of men that aren't home with their kids. Well, I'm sorry, but I do believe 
a man needs to be raised by another man and needs to see that. And if they're not seeing that, I'm not saying a woman can't make a strong man because trust me, like I, I'm a woman myself and I know damn well that I could do a good job with that. But also the more broken homes that you have, the weaker the man. And again, you can ask why, why are homes being broken? And again, I think a lot of this has to do with the Lord right? We don't have God center of our households. And because of that, men aren't home. And if you don't have a man showing your kid how to use a sawzall, how to use a staple gun, how to landscape, how to cut the grass, where, where are these men going to learn how to be tough men? Right. Yeah. That's a, a really good answer. And, and kudos to you for knowing the word sawzall. <laughs> <laughs> Sawzalls are great though. I mean, I love them. Um, so what, what kind of weakness, if somebody, if, if a young guy is like, you're not even 30 yet, are you? No, 27. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is great hearing from somebody in your age group about this. And so there's other guys out there in their twenties and their thirties. And, you know, we all have to do a gut check, you know, check ourselves. I encourage that uh, a man should step up. And he should look at himself for who he truly is, fix what he needs to fix, keep doing what he's doing good, right? And don't don't uh, turn blind ignorance to yourself, right? So what kind of weakness are we talking about? Um, or what kind of, uh, maybe I could word it better, what kind of strength should, strength should men be looking for in themselves or weaknesses to get rid of or something? Um, I, you know, I, I think, I think the common thing that I see is, is the, the lack of ambition to, again, to grow, to be better, right? It's it just, uh, I'm going to clock in, I'm going to clock out. And when I clock out, that's just about done because then I'm going to come home and I'm going to watch TV for five hours, or I'm going to play video games, or I'm going to come home and pretty much just like go to bed, right? You're not seeing like you unfortunately, especially as we get older, um, you don't just clock out of work and, and, and be done, right? We have responsibilities in life. You don't just clock out, come home and get to put your feet up on, on the couch, right? You come home and whether or not you have a woman at home cooking or cleaning or doing those things for you, like you can do other things. What are, what are some, you know, tools that you could utilize and, and make or whatever? Um, or why, why, why are we stuck in this idea of clocking out? Um, and I know that can be a different, um, it, it, it's, it's been very challenging for me to understand because I, I was raised in a household that there was no such thing as clocking out. My dad had his own business. He didn't have the option to just sit there and clock out and come home and leave work away from home. You know, he came home, he would be working, even if maybe he was sitting on the couch, he was doing paperwork, he was doing bills, things like that on the couch. I never, ever, ever witnessed a father role in my life clock out and just be done with it. Right. And I think that a lot of times that is what's happening, right. We're not, we're not taking advantage of our free time. And if you have free time, we go outside, get out, you know, go for a walk. You don't see anyone ever taking their dogs for a walk anymore. Go to the gym, work out. You don't guys are really going and doing that anymore because there's distractions. They can come home. You know, you've got so whether you've got distractions of video games, of Pornhub, of all these different things, there, there's just so much. And I think that the more that your brain is, it's a never ending cycle. If you can stay doing things and staying active, you're only going to get better. 
the more time that you sit and watch TV, you're going to actually keep watching more and more and more. And that's going to morph your brain. And actually there's so much psychological impacts on it, right? You're watching, let's say a movie on, on drama, right? Or a, a war movie um, that's actually going to affect you physiologically so much so, and even your belief system. And a lot of these things that we're watching, these video games that we're playing, um, are actually training our brains to think that's normal mm. and it's not. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of distractions. Mm -hmm. Guys are getting sucked into it. Um, a lot of it is just pleasure seeking stuff, right? Exactly. Dr drinking porn, um, video games, watching movies, uh, constantly looking for the easy stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think, I think that's, that really, you, you really summed it up really good there. Um, and to kind of like, just add the icing on the cake is, is that men need to look at those things as, um, distractions from their true potential. Mm -hmm. Right. And then treat, treat it like that. Hey, you know what? That's not good for me. I'm going to do this over here instead. This is going to keep me grounded. It's going to keep me on point. I'm, it's going to make me money. It's going to make me tougher. It's going to make me smarter. Stay away from this, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's so interesting. I, 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 one of my favorite people I follow is Sean Whalen. He's the founder of Lions Not Cheap. He's just such a, oh, yeah. he's just such a very vocal, like, man, hardworking. And it's, I, I see that. And there's just so many things that he says that is as a woman's perspective, seeing what he's talking about. Because of course I get to sit there and say, oh, men are weak or whatever, but I'm not a man. I don't really fully know. Right. I, I don't, you know, I, I also still do believe that there are roles in the household. Like that's just, I am a very traditionalist person. And so I, I see that, but I also think that again, it's, it's all of this enabling and brainwashing. I think that's happening is, is men, I think it's just, okay, I'm going to clock out. And that's that, right? Well, why, if you have all this extra time, why aren't you trying to do something else with, with your life? Why aren't you trying to make more money? And we have this idea of, you know, oh, we shouldn't have to try to make more money. Like be comfortable where you're at. Life isn't all about money, which I agree with that. Life isn't all about money, but why not utilize your time more to do more if you have the time? Yeah. You know, it, the, and it's like these guys have, they have all this time. And, you know, like you said, it was drinking. I mean, especially when I was living out in California, that was a huge reason why I moved home. Where I lived in California, I called it Neverland. It was a bunch of young kids, actually not even young. I was the youngest one of all my friends um, who basically just, they wanted to live in this wonderful world and they didn't have ambitions. They're renting their home. They're, they're living paycheck to paycheck. They clock out of work. They're going to get drunk at the bars. They're doing drugs. They're having sex with woman after woman after woman. There's not this stable the stable life. And you know what, if that's the life that you want to live, wonderful. I'm not, who am I to say that that's not a good life? But also again, like we, so many people are just thinking that there's so much, the grass is greener on the other side. And 
I don't know about you, but when I, when I, when the time comes where I go to heaven, I want to have a legacy behind me. I don't want to just go, all I did was party and do drugs and sleep around and not even own my own home. Like I want to meet the Lord and say like, I raised a family. I taught my kids about you. I raised my kids to be strong, independent people. And I just think it really does also go to the fact of like, what do people, what impact do people want to leave on this world? And I think sadly that people fear leaving an impact on this world because of the shame that gets put on people that have these big goals and ambitions. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times people are like, why do you, why are you always so active on social media talking about all these things? Like, does it really matter? Like, are you seeking attention? Like, no, I'm not seeking attention. I'm seeking helping other people. Like I have a heart to help people. And maybe sometimes people don't think that what I'm trying to do is helping them. But when I sit there and look at people whose lives have been changed because they stopped drinking crappy water or their lives are changed because they're making the priority to work out, that's an impact that I'm leaving. And I think that that's the same idea with men. Like what impact do you want to leave your children, leave your wives, leave your family, leave your parents? Like, do you want your parents to look at you and be proud? I can probably tell you that your ancestors are rolling over in their graves right now, looking at you sleeping around with all these women doing drugs and drinking on all your free time. Yes, that's, that's, that's very good. Uh, you know, I, I'm very impressed. Um, again, you know, you're not, you're not even 30 yet, but you definitely are wise and your podcast is just stay with it because it will get much better you're going to have a huge huge following uh yeah i i could tell uh brooke brewer everybody and she is from the informed consent podcast and brooke tell everybody how to get in touch with you the best way and um oh and i just want to remind everybody if you go to brooke's instagram uh, and you hit her drop down link for her link tree there. She's got all these affiliate discount codes for a variety of different things. Lions, not sheep uh, is there. And then there's a, a diet protocol thing that I was checking out, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So if anybody's looking to lose a few pounds, uh, go to Brooke's Instagram to check that out. And Brooke, yeah, tell us best way to get in touch with you if they want to ask you like a really hard question. Yeah. And- Definitely. So I'm always open to any connections in the world. So whether you want to ask me questions of things we talked about or pick my brain or give me opposing views, like I'm here for it. I love it. I love honest conversations. I run my social media, so I will be the one messaging you, but you can follow me on Instagram at at Brooke brewer 20 um that's brooke brewer 20 there's an e at the end of my name um and then also i do have my podcast it's called informed consent you can search me it's on itunes or sorry apple Podcasts and spotify um and it's pretty much i think the only big informed consent podcast with brooke brewer you'll see me with a little black hat on an american flag behind me so again i love to connect with you um and even just to have have conversations i'm all about that i'm all connecting with new people and hopefully, you know, we're not even a year into my podcast, but again, you know, I, I, the things that I talk about, I don't want to scare you guys away. I don't just sit there and talk about vaccines. In fact, I think I've had 30 some episodes and I've only had one conversation on vaccines. It's all conversations from a place of being informed. You know, last, my last week's pot's podcast with a guest, we talked about ESG scores. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about taxes, water, just 
really important stuff. And that's with a lot of the affiliate marketing that I do. I partner with companies that I have the same beliefs with and that have good quality products that have good ingredients that are going to make us healthier. So I really appreciate the honor of being on this podcast. It was fun. I'm used to running my own podcast. So it was cool kind of sitting in the opposite seat. So I really appreciate you reaching out and having me be a guest on your show. Absolutely. And the door is always open to come back on because we could have talked about so many other things. In fact, right off the top of my head, if you do come back on, I'd like to talk more fitness stuff with you Absolutely, uh, because I know you do personal training and you run fitness mm -hmm. classes and stuff like that. So I always love uh, talking uh, to people about how they handle their health and everything, you know, and, and um, I think that's an important thing. And it's also a, a more uh, positive um, jump off of the other things that we, we were talking about today. Absolutely. So yeah, come back on whenever you want and thank you. And thanks to everybody and make sure, uh, you know, you go over to her, even if you're on Spotify, go, over to Apple and write a review there and give her a five-star rating because that's really what drives all the algorithms to get people's podcast up to the top. Um, I don't think anybody with a uh, with an Android can do it, um, but if you have an app, uh, Apple phone, you can. So do, yeah. just do it. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. All right. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you at the next one.